Young from Here in the Holy Land. Welcome to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. I'm your host, Yael Eckstein, President and CEO of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. Each week, we'll explore the Jewish roots of your Christian faith and nourish those roots with inspirational insights and ancient teachings that are so relevant to our lives today. Let's get started. Friends, before we begin, I want to update you on what's been happening in the Holy Land. As you may have heard, Israel has been under attack over the past week. More than a thousand rockets have rained down on our tiny country, causing tremendous damage, injuries, and even loss of life. I invite you to go to our website at www.ifcj.org to stay informed and to learn how the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews is providing life-saving aid during this difficult time. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram where I provide live updates. Please continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and for the protection of the people of Israel. We are so grateful for your friendship and prayers. Now, on to today's podcast. What would you say is the most important quality in a person of faith? We talk a lot about serving God with our unique talents and treasures, and we all excel in different areas in our service of God. But are there some character traits that are more important than others? Is there one quality that is more important than the rest? The Festival of Weeks, or in Hebrew, Shavuot, begins tonight, and on this holiday, we read the book of Ruth. On today's episode, we are going to look at some key verses from the book of Ruth and discover the one quality that can elevate all other character traits and take our service of God to the next level. Let's begin by understanding what the Festival of Weeks, Shavuot, is all about. In the Jewish tradition, this holiday has two major themes. The first, the one that most Christians are probably most familiar with, is the bringing of the first fruits to the temple in Jerusalem, as the Bible directs us to. This is how Jesus would have marked the holiday in this time, along with so many other Jews who lived during that time period when the temple was standing. The second theme of Shavuot is celebrating the Bible, the Word of God. This holiday marks the day when God appeared to the nation of Israel at Mount Sinai around 3,000 years ago and gave them his greatest treasure, the Torah, which changed all of humanity from that point on. Getting the house ready for Shavuot is a fun family activity in my home. Many Jews have the custom of decorating our homes and synagogues in a way that is connected to these themes of the holiday. The younger kids usually make art projects in school of beautiful baskets filled with fruit, like the first fruits once brought on Shavuot, and we place them on our festive table. We pick flowers and greenery and place them all over our dining room because according to Jewish tradition, when God appeared on Mount Sinai, the desert mountain miraculously bloomed and became full of beautiful flowers. We also decorate with stalks of wheat. 
We do this because Shavuot takes place during the wheat harvest and also because wheat stalks are a reference to Ruth. So much of Ruth's story unfolds in wheat fields, and as I already mentioned, we read the book of Ruth on this holiday. By now, you might be wondering what in the world the book of Ruth has to do with the festival of weeks. It seems to have no connection to the holiday. But let's go deeper. The rabbis gave several reasons why we read Ruth's story on Shavuot. One of them is because Shavuot marks the day when the nation of Israel entered into an eternal covenant with God by accepting his Torah. Now, you might remember and see the similarity that Ruth demonstrated the same commitment to God and his word when she stuck to her mother-in-law, Naomi, and joined the Jewish people. The verses that I want to explore with you today are the famous words that Ruth said to Naomi when Naomi tried to dissuade both of her daughter-in-laws from returning with her to the Holy Land. Let's do a recap on the book of Ruth so that we're all coming from the same background and remembering what happened there. The book of Ruth begins with a famine in the land of Israel. And in order to escape the famine, a man named Elimelech takes his wife Naomi and their two sons and moves to the land of Moab. Unfortunately, things don't go too well for this family in Moab. First, Elimelech dies, leaving Naomi a widow. Then her two sons marry Moabite women, Ruth and Orpah. By the way, according to Jewish tradition, these weren't just any Moabite women. They were actually Moabite princesses, royalty. Now, a decade later, both of Naomi's son die. With nothing else to lose, she decides simply to leave and return to her homeland. At first, both Ruth and Orpah insist on accompanying Naomi back to the land of Israel, even though she tries to dissuade them. The Jewish sages explained that it wasn't just their mother-in-law that the two women were dedicated to. After 10 years of these Moabite women living with Naomi and her sons, Ruth and Orpah learned about the God of Israel, and they actually came to love him. They wanted to continue living their lives according to God's word, with Naomi as their mentor. Now, eventually, Orpah gave in and left Naomi, but Ruth persisted and insisted on sticking with her. This is exactly where our verses come in. They're verses 16 to 18 in the first chapter of Ruth. I'm going to read the verses to you now. But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Amech ami, it says in Hebrew. Your people will be my people. Elokaich elokai, it says in Hebrew. And your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, but it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. What beautiful words. With these words, Ruth expressed her commitment to Naomi and to the God of Israel, no matter what. 
She made a promise and made it clear that she would do whatever it took to uphold it. Scripture tells us that when Naomi saw that Ruth was committed to following her, she stopped trying to convince her to leave. The Jewish sages explained that Naomi stopped trying to convince Ruth to leave not because she got tired and gave up, but because she saw that Ruth possessed an important quality. It's hard to find one word that describes this quality. It's actually a combination of being both committed and persistent. So I looked in the dictionary and the best word that I could find is committedness. Yes, that's a real word. I looked it up. Committedness. When Naomi saw that Ruth had this quality of committedness, she was convinced that Ruth was worthy of becoming part of God's chosen people. Now let's go back in time when the nation of Israel stood at Mount Sinai and they demonstrated the very same quality that Ruth did. According to Jewish tradition, before God offered the Torah to the nation of Israel, he first offered it to the pagan nations of the world. As the teaching goes, when God offered the Torah to each pagan nation, they requested to hear what was written inside of it before agreeing to accept it. One nation rejected the Bible when they heard that stealing was prohibited. Another said, no thank you, when they heard that sexual immorality was not allowed. Another nation turned down God's offer when they learned that idolatry was forbidden. Each nation was only willing to accept God's word on the condition that it fit in conveniently with their lifestyle. Only the nation of Israel did not ask what was written in the Torah before accepting it. They were committed to God and his will, no matter what he required of them. Whether or not we take this story literally, my friends, the point is that God knew that only Israel would accept the Torah unconditionally. In Exodus 24-7, scripture tells us that when God gave the Israelites the Torah, they declared, we will do everything the Lord has said we will obey. In the original Hebrew of the Bible, the Israelites said, Na'aseh venishma, which literally means we will do and we will listen. Instead of saying like the other nations did, that first they wanted to listen to what was in the Torah and only then commit to doing what it says, the Israelites reversed the order. First they said, we will do, and only then they said, we will listen. That declaration meant that first and foremost, the people were unconditionally committed to doing whatever God demanded of them. They were committed to God. They committed to obeying God, no matter what he asked of them. Isn't that amazing? Don't you see how it's all connected? How amazing is it that the same quality that Ruth demonstrated when she clung to Naomi is the one that the Israelites exhibited at Mount Sinai. They both had the quality of committedness, of unconditional commitment and obedience to God no matter what. Scripture seems to be telling us that this quality is one of the most, if not the most, important characteristics of any person of faith. Remember when I asked you at the beginning of the podcast what you think is the most important quality in a person of faith? 
I'm guessing you probably thought of much different answers. I know I would have. You might have thought of qualities such as kindness, morality, honesty, or having unwavering faith in God. I'm not sure that commitment, persistence, or obedience would have been your top choices. But that's exactly what these scriptures imply. Commitment and consistency are the foundation of our relationship with God. This is why the Jewish sages compared the revelation at Sinai to a wedding between God and his people. Israel entered into a sacred relationship with God. And like a bride and groom, the relationship was a loving one. But like any good marriage, the relationship needed to be based on commitment, a commitment that would stand the test of time. When I see two people who have been dating for a while and they are so in love, speaking so sweetly to each other and gazing into each other's eyes, the truth is it's beautiful, but I'm not so impressed. It's when I see an elderly couple that has been married for decades and they are together looking into each other's eyes. That's what's impressive to me. That's the most beautiful relationship. It takes commitment and consistency for a relationship to grow strong and to last. Just like Ruth and the Israelites receiving the Torah, a strong relationship starts with commitment and is kept alive with consistency. My husband and I, thank God, have been together for 20 years, and God bless him. He is the most amazing man, the most amazing husband, the most amazing father in the world. Long time ago, we dated for four years, and we've been married now for 16 years. And after all this time together, I can completely relate to the importance of commitment and consistency in a relationship. It was a long time ago when Amichai and I first met, and I still remember that feeling. It was amazing. We had such a deep connection, and we just wanted to be in each other's presence every second. We stayed up day and night just talking and laughing and connecting and thinking and dreaming. It was beautiful. It was fun. It was exciting. Yet at the same time, looking back now, I realized that it was only part of the picture. I was only showing him one part of me, the part that I wanted him to see. I wasn't comfortable with him seeing me sad or completely vulnerable. I wasn't comfortable going to those places that were painful, that were hard, that were the ugly sides of me. I didn't want him to see that side of me. I didn't want him to be disappointed or for his feelings to change. I wanted him to only see me as the smart, the fun, the happy, the introspective, the exciting Yael. Not all those other negative things that we all have a part of us. But of course, that can't last. After 20 years, we have now seen each other both at our best and also at our worst. We've gone through the most happy times of our children being born, family vacations, deep times of connecting and bonding and excitement. And we've also gone through challenging times. 
times that are hard, times that test us, times where I'm angry, times where I'm not feeling like connecting to someone. But it's because we remained committed to each other and to treating each other with kindness as best as we could day in and day out that our relationship is stronger than ever before. Now I can be myself all the time, even sad. I can come home from work feeling annoyed and vulnerable and angry. And Amichai knows me well enough to know what I need and when I need it. He knows when I feel like connecting. He knows when I feel like laughing. And he knows when I simply need a hug and a word of encouragement. The loving relationship that we enjoy today after 20 years, thank God, was made possible by our commitment to each other and the work that we were and still are willing to put in on a daily basis, no matter what. The foundation of every good and lasting relationship is commitment. It's true of our relationships with people, And it's true in our relationship with God. When we stay obedient to God, we take our relationship with him through happy times and difficult times to a higher level. The more we remain committed and consistent in our service of God, the more we will grow closer and personally connected to him. The holiday of Shavuot is a time to celebrate God's word, and it's also a time to recommit ourselves to his word. This week, I want to challenge you to remain committed and consistent in your service of God. What are the core values that you won't waver on? Will you stick with it like Ruth, or will you turn back like Orpah when it gets difficult to remain obedient? God sticks with us no matter what. And the question we have to ask ourselves every second of every day is, will we stick with him? Shavuot Tov, my friends. Have a wonderful week from here in the Holy Land. Thank you for listening to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. If you like what you have heard, visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. You can also follow me on Instagram at yael underscore Eckstein or on Facebook at yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next week.